What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Talia Tabone is an award-winning director, producer, and writer. She's worked in four continents documenting wide-ranging subjects such as street gangs, mass shooters, and those who survived their crimes, and human trafficking. She's currently in the early production stages of a film about her father and his work identifying soldiers lost in battle. Her most recent film, Amon Poor, on sex and love in Berlin, aired as a part of CNN Originals earlier this year. It was great to have her on last week's episode of Picture Lock. I definitely suggest you listen to that before listening to this, because it was definitely great to have her stick around for the after show. The after show is where I ask my guests two questions that cut straight to great takeaways for how to improve the PR and marketing for your production, and then they throw one at me. Talia definitely had great insights for her documentary that deals with a niche topic that has to fight against apathy in a big way. So let's get into the interview with Talia right after this reminder that you can take one of the best online courses out there for indie filmmakers in regard to PR and marketing from a filmmaker, film publicist, film critic, and film festival director rolled up into one. Enjoy. What if you could have a film critic, film festival director, film publicist, and fellow filmmaker guide you with your film's PR and marketing journey from pre-production to post? I'm Kevin Sampson, and my online course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker, does just that. In this course, I'm going to teach you how to set up your film to engage an audience and build a community long before you call action. I'll show you how to approach critics to make them aware of your film like publicists do, and as a director of two film festivals, I won't just teach you hacks and secrets to reduce entry fees, but how you can use the festival circuit to create buzz around your film. I'm a huge supporter of diverse storytelling and film, and I believe the most unique voices come from indie filmmakers. That's who I've supported over the years with my show, Picture Lock, whether on TV or on radio. With as much experience as I've had as an independent filmmaker myself, critic, publicist, and festival director, I realized that most indie filmmakers just need access to the knowledge that big firms provide to achieve success. So in this course, I'm going to demystify some of the process and give you everything I know in a behind the scenes look at the sides of the business you don't always see. So if you're an indie filmmaker that's looking to change the game with your film's PR and marketing, make sure you check out PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Head on over to PRForTheIndieFilmmaker.com and get a free preview of the course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Get your film seen, build community, and become an army of one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are in lock for another picture lock PR after show segment in which I'm talking with the director producer of Sky and Ground Talia Tabone. Talia thanks for sticking around I appreciate that. Happy to. So uh, you know it's just three questions one we'll start with the first one what's the biggest thing you feel you've done right in terms of engaging the public and marketing your film I think this is really really key because as we talked about during the show you have a film that, at least for, you know, Americans, we might not really care about. So I think that PR and uh, marketing is really key here. Um, I, I totally agree, and I, I wish we had done more of that. <laughs> uh, so far, the film is running um, 
mostly in festivals. And, and, and up to this month, it was uh, pretty much the only way to see it. Now it's running also on um, streaming through the World Channel. But um, I guess two things I could talk about. One is to understand the power of social media, which is like, duh, but, um, and influencers uh, when it comes to social media. And um, the film I made after Sky and Ground was a, a, a film um, for CNN Originals with Christiana Manpour. Um, and as a favor, I asked her, you know, would you put the trailer up? And within, I think, three hours, we had 70,000 hits. People wow. sharing and watching. It was like unbelievable. So, and, and it's not just like a random influencer. It's someone who is speaking exactly, and this is why she would put it up because she, she feels strongly about those issues. So it was to sort of like understand what happens when you connect in the right way to people who can help you that way. So um, I guess because it's such a tricky topic in, in the general you know, it's an entertaining film at times, but it's not pure entertainment. So to sort of understand who can help you with that. And I wish there was a bit more of that. And then the last thing is um, during some of the screenings and festivals, I always ask, would you spread the word with refugees who have come here recently or with groups who help them? And some of those screenings were, uh, we were at full frame a few months ago and this group of Syrian refugees came freaking North Carolina, <laughs> like group of right. Syrians sitting there and bawling their eyes. I was so moved and so having them there helped affect the audience who was in, you know, in the same room with them watching that. So I wish, you know, I wish we had opportunities to screen it more with groups that combine newcomers and Americans, just everyday Americans who you know, wouldn't have connected to it any other way. Yeah. So those two were, I think, the best the best things I took from this. Yeah, I think that's that's incredible. Um, as you said, target targeted influencer marketing through social media as well as having the demographic that you're serving through your documentary in this case coming to the film. Because you're right, like and that was the thing. I think it's like with a film, it kind of breaks down the wall of like just the sound bite or clip that we usually see in the news. And you're actually focusing on the story of a family. But then even more so to have like an actual person that's affected by whatever, you know, the, the film may be. But for your specifically, you know, Syrian refugees and that does take it up another notch. Uh, the second question, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from mistakes in engaging pu the public and marketing for your film? Oh, so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> where do I begin? I wonder, um, and that actually leads me to a question I had for you, but um, I wonder how important was it to try and, you know, we, we went first through the festival circuit and, um, it takes time to sort of get through that. And, and it ended up, we ended up with the film screening for the first time almost a year after it was finished. Um, and initially it came from the fact that we were worried about submitting stuff that was not polished enough. The deadlines are obviously a lot earlier than the actual uh, festivals. I sort of wonder if that didn't hurt the film a little bit because um, it, 
picked on on a story that was very very relevant to when it happened um mm. um the summer of 2016 was when people you know kind of finished coming and and to release the film about a year later i think in this sort of crazy news cycle to some extent the the story moved on and i right. wonder if waiting if waiting um helped then the other the other thing that i have which is a little bit controversial and, and considering i'm talking to a us audience mostly here is i sort of wonder if it wasn't better to release it first in europe uh where you know the connection to the story is more immediate these are people who are trying to get to europe and and then sort of on the back of that get more exposure in the us um but it is what it is and you learn from every experience so yeah well i appreciate you know you being honest and open about that because i think what you what you're talking about is the the cultural relevancy the zeitgeist that's happening in the moment, do you wait in terms of, you know, putting out the best, you know, because like as, as filmmakers, we're only as good as the last film that you made, right? So do you put your best foot forward or, um, you know, do you hold off for a little while? So I, I think that that's something that people could definitely relate to. Um, all right, so uh, the last question, you flip it on me, you know, as a filmmaker, critic, publicist, film festival director, What's the one question that I could answer for you? So I, I wonder on the back of that, um, two questions I have. One is on the back of that, um, do you think that this zeitgeist matters when, when you release a film? Do you think that it is important to sort of, you know, stories, human stories like this one would have a sort of better chance of, of hitting when, when something is... Uh, still part of the sort of public conversation, the the Twitter feed that that you're getting, or you just stick to your guns, do the best you can, and 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 then release that. Yeah. Um, no. I so think that was, I, I do, should ask the one, and I have to a second one. So maybe if you if you, I, I'm really curious to hear what you think about this part. Um, okay, so I was just writing it down. So yeah, so I think that this is a, a huge conundrum, right? But but I, I get it. And um, so I'm gonna kind of attack it from a festival director perspective, right? So I do think that like if 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 it's something that's hot at the moment, it's probably better to submit, you know, something that is as close to your final draft um, while it is culturally relevant. Um, because as uh, you know, as we're programming, and I, I say this a lot, a lot of times as a festival director, we see the different films that come in. Filmmakers are always going to be the pulse of what's going on in the world, and so you guys will, you know, you'll be out there and you're making the film, you're telling the story of what's happening right now, and so I feel like that's one of the great things about film festivals is that what's happening in the now, we can go into you know, the theater and we can educate ourselves even more, um, especially with Sky and Ground. Um, Roger Ebert had said that you know, film is the greatest empathy machine. And I think that, um, again, I go back to myself because it's just true, because it's so far removed from me as an African-American male in the United States, you know, um, 
something like a film that I can watch, it really gives me more empathy to the cause than even something as simple as, as crazy as it sounds, like me watching some show on Hulu sometimes, like it helps to break down those walls. So I do think that it's, I would say, I would submit, even if it's not, you know, the best, you definitely don't want to submit a rough draft. You want to submit something that you could easily, once you get in, you might say, okay, we've worked on the sound a little bit more or whatever the case may be, but it's better to get in while it's hot because then you'll also get the buzz from, you know, film critics that go and see it, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's my answer if that answers your question. Yeah, um, <laughs> I missed the buzz on that one. Um, I actually wanted to ask you, I'm in London now, and I, I was just the other night in a cinema, in a theater, dedicated to documentary. Do you think that that can ever happen in the U.S. and then that can help us in the industry, in that side of the industry? That is really fascinating. A cinema that is dedicated to documentary. One, you're going to have to send me where that is. If I'm ever in London, I want to go check that out. Um, I do think that it's, you know, we obviously have, you know, like you said, full, um, uh, not full cell. What was I going to say? Uh, what's the festival that you're just at that's in North Carolina? Full frame. Full frame. Full sale is the, the film school. Yeah. Full frame, yeah. <laughs> so we obviously have um, festivals that are dedicated to documentary. Um, I honestly think that the general public does not care about documentaries as much as it does uh, narrative films. And so I think that's the risk that you take in terms of starting a, a theater like that. But I think that so so I think that it wouldn't be out in mass scale. But I do think that like if you have one in a major city, you definitely would have people coming in the door all the time. I, I believe that because I think because it's such a rarity and um, people that do enjoy documentary are probably going to seek it out. So I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think the only bad idea would be if you put it in like, some small town that like, you know, might not be as progressive. I, I, and not to slight small towns, but just, I think it all depends on like where it's located. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing to see it. So if any, any major chains are hearing us, like one screen, what's one screen? And it's in a, it's in a cinema that has like, uh, the theater has like seven other screens. Uh, so wow. it's just one of them that is just dedicated to documentary. Okay, so right? it's just one um, actual... One screen. Right, okay. Well, that could definitely work. That would be cool, actually. That really would be, because then it kind of subverts the norm, and you're like, okay, well, when you go to see Avengers, but then you see, oh, Sky and Ground is playing. What's that about? You know, like, that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, if anyone can hear us. <laughs> right. DC, we'll come to you next. Well, um, Talia, thanks again for the opportunity. I can I just mention one thing because I forgot. Um, I don't know when you're running this, but um, we are in one more film festival in the next month. Um, it's called Gimmerglass Film Days in upstate New York in Cooperstown, and it's uh, Sky and Ground is showing. They have a whole section dedicated to migration, and Sky and Ground is showing on November 11th. Awesome. All right. Well, Talia, thanks so much for um, sticking around and uh, just talking with me. This has been a lot of fun. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. <laughs>